This could just be you. <laughs> Ed? Yeah. You alive? Sort of. You okay? Yeah, I've just been, uh, in bed kind of last few days trying to get over this cold. Oh, I'm sorry, sweetheart. Listen, we need you to do us a favor. What is it? We're recording, and we want you to cut a promo so we can kill you off on the show. Uh, Alright, I'll try. Episode 37, The Gore Horseman Podcast. As always, I am your host, Ed Collins. To my left, Mr. Ralph Garcia. To my right, that is my Mr. Eric Duncan. How you doing? What? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Ed. Oh, we're going to redo it? <laughs> I think we're good, Ed. I think we got it. So there you have it, folks. Ed Collins has officially been written off the Gorsman podcast. He's in the contract negotiations. He's talking to some other podcasts right now. Um, he was talking with the Boston Celtics. He's talking with the Buffalo Sabres. Um, you know, and, and we're open to trading him. So, I mean, you know, we'll take anything. We'll take like a third round draft pick. We don't really give a shit at this point. So, uh, I mean, from the sounds of it, he might not make it anyways. <laughs> might not. <laughs> so, uh, best of luck on your future endeavors, Mr. Edward Collins. Ed Collins. But uh, for now, we're going to be the two-man show. Uh, so I'm Ralph Garcia. I guess I'm your, uh, what, quasi-host at the uh, for the time being? I think we're bi-hosts. Yeah, we're bi-hosts. <laughs> we're bi-hosts. <laughs> we're bike-curious hosts. Do we have new names? Yeah. Um, Spike and Johnny? I want to be Ripper Jones. Ripper Jones. Yeah. And I want to be Chipper Jones. <laughs> Chipper Jones. <laughs> Welcome to the Ripper and Chipper podcast. <laughs> All right, but this is the Gorson Podcast. Uh, we got some changes. Uh, Ed is not officially written out, but he's kind of written out. He'll be back probably from time to time. Who knows? Uh, Who knows if we'll be back. For the most part, you got us, too. I'm your host, uh, for the time being at least, Ralph Garcia. And over there is my beautiful and lovely co-host, uh, Eric Duncan. I'm not wearing any pants. All right. How you doing today, Eric? Um, it feels a little weird not having Ed. I'm not going to lie. Like it feels, it feels good. Yeah, you know. I was just gonna say, like, but like, it's I feel good. like, yeah, like things are are cleaner. Yeah, um, yeah. they're running smoother, but you know, life goes on. Life does go on. Life goes on, and it could go on for forty years, but only feel like twenty. This is true. And uh, if you have seen the movie that we're about to talk about, you might understand that reference. Uh, so today we're talking about January 2013. What's our subjects for the day, Mr. Eric? We have the Royal Rumble and we have Texas Chainsaw. Not Texas Chainsaw Massacre, not Leatherface, just straight up Texas Chainsaw. Texas Chainsaw 3D. I mean, if you want to get technical. So this is our second 3D Let's movie. Get technical. Technical, I want to get technical, let's hear about 3D. <laughs> and that was, uh, that's what we've been doing in our time off. Yeah. Working yeah. on our, um, our duets. Yeah, but I guess, uh, I mean, quickly explaining the big time lapse here, um, there's... Are you talking you- in the movie or our lives? 
I guess our lives as far uh, as not having podcasts for a couple months here. Um, there's new babies around. Ed's got a full-time job as a substitute teacher. <laughs> yes, he's a full... No, he's a full-time, part-time substitute teacher. Yes. <laughs> so he's employed full-time, but they just are afraid to bring him in every day. They pay him part-time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we have uh, some things in the work. We might try some bringing in third men from time to time. Might just be us. Who knows? Might not be us. Maybe we'll sell the rights to the podcast. <laughs> we should. <laughs> If there's anyone out there interested in buying the podcast, no longer, I repeat, no longer tweet at EdCollins91. <laughs> tweet at Gore Horseman Pod. Yes. And anyway, we are back January 2013. Where the hell were you yeah. in January 2013? I actually saw this movie in theaters in Connecticut. In Connecticut? Yeah. Oof, why yeah. in Connecticut, man? I mean, women, you know? <laughs> you do what they tell you to do and you hope you get something out of it. And usually you don't. Yep. But I got to see this in theaters. So there you go. So there kinda, you go. <laughs> Depending, depending on who you, who you are, kind of I mean, got half out of it. This got a uh, got shit on a lot by fans and critics. Really, it got a 19 on Rotten Tomatoes and mm. it got a 4.8 on IMDb. Okay. But it had a 20 million dollar budget and made 47 million. So this I mean, actually made money. Yeah, you see, I was shocked. I barely remember any of the marketing for this. I remember they were just spruicing up the 3D, and I only saw like. You know, have like those 15 second pre-roll videos before like YouTube or something yeah. like that. I remember it was pretty much just like chainsaw revving, uh, girl running, the, the main character, Heather, uh, Leatherface. And Jake Gyllenhaal. Leatherface at the fair throwing the chainsaw at the camera. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw 3D logo. Rated R. That's it. Directed like, by Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, directed by Jake Gyllenhaal. Who did direct this? Um, John Lussenhop. Okay. I think. Someone Lussenhop. Has he done anything else? Uh? Uh, I'm not Ed, so we actually don't have a fact checker. So <laughs> we should probably get on we that. Probably could have. Let's say. Uh, let's say no. Okay. So <laughs> let's say he did Ghoulies Three. Ghoulies go to college. That's probably. Oh my God! Speaking of Ghoulies Three, I was uh, scrolling through Instagram and like you know you get all these like random like ads of shit because yeah. it, it knows what you're doing at all times, and I forget what the company was. I'd have to look it up. But there was an amazing, I mean amazing Ghoulie shirt. Ah, like it was awesome. <laughs> be great if we could shout them out but you can't even remember no cause again we don't have a fact checker I could have just made that up just, we're just fucking two loose cannons just doing what we want loose cannons don't play by the rules yeah. alright so here's the rules of the podcast yeah. <laughs> there are no rules anymore we can do what we want say what we the want first rule is there are no rules yeah. the second rule is there are no rules third rule is do you have any gum yeah <laughs> alright but uh Texas Chainsaw Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, um, it takes place in Texas. I really, really liked the beginning where they took scenes from the original Texas Chainsaw but made them 3D. Yeah. Um, you it, can tell, you know, obviously I did not watch this in 3D, but you could tell that they were 3D. Like, they popped. It was really cool. It made me excited. It made me, like, want a 3D version of the original. I saw this in theaters in 3D, and it was really cool. And even on just watching it, like, on TV, it's you could still, like you said, see what they did, and it still does look cool. You know, it's like watching the movie from someone else's perspective type of thing. They you even, know. like, included, um, you know, the infamous jump where Sally jumps out of the window. Yeah. And obviously, you know, the uh, <laughs> the spoof is in there because it's nighttime when she is inside, and then she jumps out, and it's daytime, yeah. you know, and she, she runs right to the truck. But nonetheless, it, looks, it, like, pops out and looks really awesome in 3D. And, I mean, um, speaking on some recent horror news, we should probably mention uh, – Toby Hooper, uh, director of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, just recently passed away. Um, 
We actually had picked and watched this movie before that happened, but just happened to uh, work out that way. R.I.P. Toby. R.I.P. to him. Uh, what else? He's, he's done some other stuff, right? Did he do Poltergeist? Yeah. He did Poltergeist. He was involved with this one because this one was supposed to be... The like, direct sequel. The, yeah, the official unofficial sequel kind of reboot. But I know... And that was part of what you were saying before, the advertising marketing behind it. Part of it that people got so hyped about was that he was like on board with it. So, as we said, this one starts out in 1974. This is supposed to be what happens after the original text change. And I was down with that, too. It's, like, literally, like, minutes later. It yeah, almost it's reminds supposed me to be of... that Sally, you know, gets to the sheriff's office after she gets the ride, um, you know, from that trucker. And it's the sheriff coming out. And it even makes sense, too, because, you know, first it's going to be just the one sheriff. So it's just the one sheriff going out. And I guess just a mob of people had found out about it. And I guess I've had problems with the family in the past uh, who hears the Sawyers. Um, and if you look in the house, there's a lot of people that were not involved in the first movie. Just a lot of like random family members, which kind of makes me believe that they may not have been cannibals, but it's kind of one of those things like blood is thicker than water. Yeah. And they supported their family, even if they were sadistic killers. Yeah. I think the only initial family that is fucked up is Leatherface's family. And I think the rest of the cousins, uncles, whatever they all are, is just kind of, like you said, it's just... Yeah, well, they're the black sheep of the family, but they're still family, so god damn it, let's deal with it. Yeah, I mean, my, my initial notes, I was like, well, I find it really hard to believe that many people support him. But, like, when it comes down to it, I mean, this is supposed to be, like, non-modernized Texas. You know, this is supposed to be still, like, real country Texas. Yeah, back roads. And, you know, I, I kind of, putting my mindset into that, I kind of get it a little more and that they feel that family is literally the only thing that matters and while they not themselves might not be killing they'll support their uh their mentally handicapped brethren yeah. who do <laughs> shout out to uh bill mosley who's supposed to be the dad yeah that was a nice little homage i mean there's actually a couple of homages on here because Gunnar hansen plays yep. one of the family members and this is actually a perfect time for our lee armstrong award i feel like we haven't given this out forever yeah, we'll, we'll be giving it out twice today, um, but the first is, yes, going to Gunnar Hansen, who uh, was one of the members there. He, of course, was the original Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw 1974. As well as he's supposed to be just, you know, random family member number two in this. <laughs> but this uh, is unfortunately his last role due to his death. And uh, Usually that's what happens. <laughs> that's usually what happens. You know, sometimes you get those things where, like, movies are done and then they yeah. die and then they come out. But I think... This is it for Gunner. So they're ready to send Leatherface out, but the, the like mob outside just jumps the gun. Like they blow their load way too early. They just throw Molotov cocktails in and burn down the fucking house. Just total like hillbilly rednecks. Just like, come on, Willie, let's get him. <laughs> like, so they just start throwing shit in. And, and the CGI fire looks bad. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a bummer. So the house burns down, and then all the rednecks are like investigating the rumble. It reminded me a lot of like the rumble. The rumble <laughs> shows where my mind is the rubble, uh, and it, it reminded me a lot of like you know like uh, Night of Living Dead or something like that, where you know they kill everybody and then go to inspect it afterwards. Yeah, it's like shoot first, ask questions later. This one redneck dude from the mob. I I, I feel bad to keep calling rednecks, but I mean they are. Um, <laughs> he, he finds uh, a woman with a, a little baby. And he decides, I'm just going to kick this woman in the face yeah. and take this baby. She's like, help me, help me. And he's like, all right, I'll help you. Takes the baby and just boom, just curves on in the wife, face. He's like, I got one. I got a baby. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I found this for you back there in the woods. 
Can we keep her, Pa? I, I got it for you, Arlene. <laughs> uh, I think I got his name. Uh, that guy's name is Gavin. Which guy? The guy who took the baby. The dad? Yeah. Well, the new dad? Yeah, Gavin. Gavin Rosdale is his name. <laughs> so we cut to modern times, and we meet Heather, who looks so much like Paige from WWE. And she's pretty, but she's like kind of tomboyish, and she's a butcher in the local supermarket. So, you know. Right, I'm going to cut you off there. Because there should not be hot chicks in the butchery. <laughs> I've never seen one. All the hot chicks. All, all the supermarkets. Just all hot chicks. Yeah. But not in the, not in, in the back and with you know cutting meat and shit. No, no, no. I'm saying in this in this film. Oh yeah. Every every single everybody's at hot. The supermarket is hot. Yeah. Every single person. In the movie Even the is guys. Hot. Yeah. Like you know. Hitchhikers. The hitchhiker's real hot. We'll get to him. The Heather's boyfriend's real hot. He's actually <laughs> famous. I didn't know who he was, but apparently he's famous. Um. You know, the other dude, Kenny, he's he's hot in his own way. Yeah. The other girl, Nikki, who's Heather's friend. Who looks like know, Nikki Bella. You could look, but you can't touch. <laughs> Spoiler alert, somebody touches. You know, but as if it wasn't obvious enough that this was going to be what happened to that baby, I mean, they cut to modern times, and the first time you see Heather, she's cutting meat, and you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess she's the fucking baby. Yeah. And now... I mean, addressing the elephant in the room, there's obviously too much of a time gap because it should be 40 years, but this movie is taking, like, it's, you know, 20, 22. Um, Heather's probably supposed to be around, like, 22, 23 years old. She's on her own, but obviously not necessarily in a career yet, so she's probably just out of college, is my guess. Just cutting meat and hanging out, you know? <laughs> what any girl does. But, you know, if they if they actually stuck the timeline, she should be 40. Uh, you know, I feel like if you hadn't seen the original in some time, you just kind of would bypass it. You wouldn't even re- remember, to be yeah. honest. So they're all planning this trip to Louisiana. I'm assuming New Orleans, right? So I don't know if they actually say it or not, but... I guess so. Maybe it's like House of Wax where they're just going to, quote, quote Louisiana for the, quote, big college football. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, their plans to go are a little dampered because... Heather receives this leather that she has inherited some property in Texas. Yeah. From a grandmother that she did not know existed. So she actually uh, goes to seek out what happened, you know, from her parents. And that's when she finds out the hell she was adopted. And what's really interesting to me is like, despite her parents being so fucking trashy, she turned out super well adjusted. Yeah. And. Well, I guess that's debatable well, at the end of the movie. Yeah. But, at this but point in the timeline. At this point, she's super well adjusted. And even like the outside of their house, it looks like it's a decent size and it's in good shape. Yeah. But then you go inside and it's a fucking shithole and these guys are trash bags. Like, it's like, what? <laughs> Just uh, some of these things were completely inconsistent. And, you know, as we said, the time lapse immediately tells you things are not going to be consistent here. So... It's kind of all things you just got to, unfortunately, just forgive. It is roll with it. It's got to roll with the punches. So do you, did you know who her boyfriend was? I've heard of Trey songs. I know he has that song, like, make him say, ah, 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 ah. I know uh, nothing about him. I knew that song. Um, I did not know much else. And I knew he was in this movie. I don't think he's had many acting roles since, <laughs> so I don't think this really translated into a new career path for him. But, hell, good for him. I don't think yeah. he was bad by any means. Um, yeah, he plays uh, Heather's boyfriend in the film. Uh, did you catch his name? Ryan. Ryan. Ooh, yeah, sexy, sexy Ryan. Name. 
It's one point how we're introduced to him and just kickboxing, listening to hip hop, which would be really funny if it's his own song. I would have I no wish. idea. But <laughs> I really wish. <laughs> so anyway, they decide to <laughs> ditch out in New Orleans or Louisiana or wherever the hell they were going and go to Texas instead to, you know, figure out this house situation. And of course, in terrible horror movie fashion, they see a hitchhiker and they decide to pick him up. But it's not like the normal hitchhiker. It's they stop at some gas station, like it's presumably like the midway point. And they get all this food and shit, and it's, of course it's pouring out because it's a horror movie. And they're like, all right, everyone in, let's get going. And as soon as they get going, they fucking hit the dude. Which, <laughs> to jump ahead, you, you realize they don't hit him. He's a con man, so he like jumps, runs into the car, plays it off like, oh man, I'm so hurt, I should sue. But I'd settle for one of them beef jerky sticks. <laughs> you know, like, so you're going to go from suing, potentially getting thousands of dollars, and settling for a 329 piece of fucking so jack jerky. Laid, to be honest. You think? Or, or obviously, like you said, he's a con man, and he had no case anyway. Yeah. So he's just trying to con a ride or something like that. So they give him yeah. a ride. He, he says, like, his girlfriend kicked him out, and yeah. he just happens to also be going to Texas. I think they say the name of the town a few times, yeah, but it's, it's it kind of not important. It's just supposed to be rural Texas. But actually, in these modern times, it has become a bit modernized. You know, one of the things is they are just way too friendly to this hitchhiker. Yeah. And in all the other Texas Chainsaw movies, the hitchhiker is someone evil. Yeah. And as you said, this guy, his and name is Daryl. part of the family. His name is Daryl in here. He's not evil, but he's still a fucking scumbag. But he's hot. I thought immediately, this guy's got to be part of the family. Like, I don't know how he caught up with them. Somehow he caught up with them. He's got to be part of the family. Um, anyway, it turns out that he's not because uh, they get there, and it, this place is a freaking mansion. Yeah. And I was trying to think. I'm like, how did the grandma live in a mansion? And then I was thinking, you know, in the beginning of the film, it's kind of saying that these town folk burned the Sawyer house down to the ground without using any legal methods. Mm-hmm. So was this like, did she sue and like win some sort of big settlement, you know, as Maybe. damages? Because literally... Besides her and, you know, spoiler, Heather, the whole family fucking died. I mean, that is a shit ton of life insurance, a shit ton of, you know, property and all that stuff. I she don't must think have, so. It's probably I mean, just one and, of those and, things. And that's, and that's, I know, put, putting a stretch on it if you think you have life insurance on a cannibalistic guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just roll on me. I, I felt there had to be some sort of legal battle that we didn't see that awarded her you know, a couple million, and she built her mansion and tried to seclude herself. And we actually meet the lawyer beforehand that says, like, hey, take these instructions, read these instructions. Before you do anything, read the instructions. Hey, I know you want to go in the house, but you should probably read these yeah. instructions first. Hey, did you read the instructions? Why don't you read the instructions? All right, see you later. Read those instructions. Guess what Heather does? She doesn't fucking read the instructions. But Woman. did you notice who the lawyer was? Because this was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah. Tell me. Um... I don't remember his name. Richard Ryle. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Nice. <laughs> he's in Hatchet. He's in Grounded for Life. He's in like thousands of things. He's yeah. amazing. He's a great guy. Super recognizable voice, man. And face, voice. mustache. Yeah. Hell of a mustache. He's like, the, he's like the discount Walter Brimley. I like him better. But yeah, this is like, this is a freaking mansion. And <laughs> they decide like, 
All right, we just got to this mansion. We can literally explore everything here. And this already looks stocked. I mean, there's a full kitchen. There's clearly food in the house because they see like plates of food around. And they're like, let's go get more food. And then Daryl, the hitchhiker's like, oh, I'll stay here and keep an eye on the place. So like, thanks, Daryl, and then leave. (laughs) Well, his like way out of it is he's, he gives him 60 bucks to get steaks. So that's just fine. That's normal. You know, the dude you barely know is going to stay at a house that you know nothing about. But this part was pretty cool. I mean, obviously, you know, Leatherface is in this fucking house. That's not really a surprise. But it was just cool that Daryl wasn't in on it. He was yeah. just a comment. He was just an asshole. So he's the first one attacked by Leatherface. And you're almost rooting for Leatherface to get this guy. And we're going to get to it in a little bit. But I think that's one of the major problems with this movie is Leatherface every is a good single guy. of the quote unquote, you know, good guys, every single one of that group of teens it's not a good person. The only person who did nothing wrong the entire time is Kenny. Yeah, Kenny got fucked. He got fucked. He did nothing wrong the entire time. Mm. But <laughs> it's like, it's just heel turns all over the place because Daryl makes a heel turn. And later on, while they're in their grocery store getting their foods, you find out that Nikki and Ryan have a heel turn because they have like this secret affair going on, Terrible. you know, at the same time. So she like, said, just comes up and just grabs his dick. Yeah. I think she says meow or some sh- like, something like that. Either meows or honks, like some woman, animal noise. Woman, right? Yeah, Yuck. women. Ugh. I wish some guy would grab my dick. Ah, <laughs> uh, here you go. <laughs> so yeah, it's like it's triple fucking heel turn here. I mean, none of these characters are very likable at this time, except for Kenny, and he really doesn't get. He gets the least screen time out of all of them, but he's just like, hey. This is great. I'm gonna go cook dinner for everybody. <laughs> Since there's no rules anymore, can we make a new award right now? Sure. What's the award? Can we make the Kenny Award for like the lovable loser who just doesn't get what he deserves in sure. the end? I mean, Dalton would have got that in House of Wax. You know, the yeah. guy who was filming everything. Yeah, we've definitely had a couple of those. Yeah. So, I, all right, Kenny Award. Kenny Award <laughs> starts now. <laughs> And, of course, he's attacked by Leatherface. Leatherface has found his way out of this, like, secret passageway from the basement, found his way upstairs. He just meat hooks him. He just drags him down. It was, it was cool. I mean, you said you saw this in theaters. Did you see it in 3D? Yes. Was any of these parts 3D? Like, was the meat hook 3D or anything like that? Or that was part, really... I believe, not. Huh. But, I mean, I thought it was cool how it was, like, throwbacks, you know, to the original types of kills. It's like, nothing was too crazy up to this point. But they're a lot more brutal. Like, I remember yeah. the blood splatters on the screen. Like, that was in 3D. But nothing, like, to this point was 3D as far as the kills. There is. When he... I mean, to jump ahead for a second, because there's no rules anymore. When he gets chainsawed in half, that part is. Yeah, because when he got, like, put on the hook, I figured it was like, oh, this would be a great opportunity for this to be 3D. Because they could film it from the front, put him on the hook, and you see the hook protruding out of his stomach. Yeah. And it's going into the camera. But they didn't. They just showed it from the side. And I was like, that's a missed opportunity. Do you think they missed an opportunity by not doing the classic Friday Part 3 yo-yo? <laughs> yes, they have. I mean, there, there really was no hokey 3D out of this. No. You know, the whole, the whole tone of the movie is super serious the whole time. And I think that's kind of a downfall of it. Because um, all the other ones do have, like, some black comedy in it. Even the first one has a lot of black comedy, to be honest. Yeah. second one is, like... The epiphany of the 80s. Like, yeah, you know. So the, 80s, it's the awesome. The third one brings in, like, the cross-dressing. The fourth one is just bad shit off the wall and Still never seen it. You know, and then all, uh, all the remakes after that were super serious. But they should have added some more comedy in this. I think it would have benefited because of the ridiculousness of some of it and because of how much you're supposed to just accept as fact when it's just 
clearly false. So are you saying that the sheriff should have been David Liebehart? It should have. <laughs> it does look like him a little bit. A little bit. It's supposed to be the sheriff from 1974, still there. Yeah. Um, you know, still just and terrible we, at his we job. We find out that Bert, who was the main douchebag that burns the house down, is now the mayor as well. We left that, that detail out. So I thought that was cool. And then, you know, you find out that the cop, the well, I think he's just a regular officer, is actually Bert's son, you know. So it's all just the sick twisted again. More heel turns because he comes across nice. I think the only the only one that doesn't heel turn is the sheriff. The sheriff heel turns. I'll explain that. He heel turns. The only one who does not heel turn is Kenny. He's the only one who does not heel turn. But hold on. Does Heather's count as a heel turn? Yes. Does it though? Yes. I don't know. It's a heel turn. Does it? It's a all right. It's a double turn. Here's how it's a double turn. All right, think about this for a second. You have Heather and Leatherface. Heatherface and Leatherface. Heatherface. Equal comparison: Xbox and Xbox and Kane. <laughs> okay, but then Xbox turned heel eventually. Eventually. Xbox turned heel and Kane turned face, and that's kind of what happens here. Yeah. Damn it. That is actually exactly what happens here. We'll get there. We'll fucking get there. But first, we're going to talk about the heel turns of Ryan and Nikki. Because they just decide, you know, while they're at the house, they don't even, none of them even know Kenny's dead. These fucking douchebags. They don't even care because Heather's looking around the house. She finds a dead woman who I'm assuming is the grandmother. They don't really say. Yes, it, it is. Because later on, there's like a grave scene where her grave is empty. Sort of like Halloween. Yeah. Um, but yeah, during this, Ryan and Nikki are just like, hey, let's go out to the barn and have sex. Well, she plays it off she, like, oh my god, you go to see some, yeah. <laughs> so bad i love missed, it missed opportunity though because they play it off kind of like maybe she found kenny but then like you go to the barn and you're like okay this is it's not gonna make any sense for her to find kenny and she's like oh you got to look under this bucket and you're like okay it's either gonna be a setup or it's gonna be like something dumb like classic like it's a mouse or something you know like typical like oh i'm so scared but now where they messed up is when he lifts up the bucket and it's tequila shots when he turned around she should have been completely naked like classic horror movie like there's no boobs in this movie not saying that you know you need it but it's a classic horror movie that you know you want to throw back to the old days she's just been buck butt ass naked and just like oh what happened to my clothes <laughs> so they get they get to banging because they got to be heels and as we said heather's in the house she finds a corpse so she's like all right this is not good she goes downstairs to try to explain and this is i thought the most memorable shot of the entire film when she first sees Leatherface and Leatherface is aged properly in this. He looks like he's 40 years older than the original film. Yeah. You know, say he's mid-20s in the original film. Probably. He looks like he's 65 here. He's so gray. I thought it was a really nice touch that his mask was so decomposed at this point. Yeah. Like, it's just like he's wore that same mask for all those years. As is know? tradition. As is tradition. <laughs> I thought that was really cool. And Leatherface is just, like, preparing dinner, like, like just normal. Yeah. He just has Kenny's hand, and he's just, like, chopping off fingers yeah, and putting them finger, in a bowl. Yeah. It, was, it was great. But Heather, of course, fucking freaks. And I hate the trope where, like, a monster can instantly recognize if someone's family. You're like, how the fuck would Leatherface know that this chick is family? Sort of here. Sort of. He does, because he doesn't kill her. He lunges at her, she falls, hits her head, passes out, and he just deals with it. Okay, but now to, you know, disprove your point, in the original, he doesn't kill the main girl. He brings her home for dinner. Almost like a date or a plaything type of vibe. Okay, I'll roll with you. I'll roll with you. Thanks, man. I'll roll with you. You want to keep rolling, 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 rolling? Yeah, we'll keep rolling, rolling. But, you know, 
if they if they are playing to the thing I said where he instantly recognizes his family, it's like you might instantly recognize his family. It's like, but you're still also killing all her friends. You're probably not making her very happy. Yeah, <laughs> you know the, the same thing happens in the Halloween remake of Rob Zombie. You know, Michael instantly recognizes Laurie's family, but instead of trying to connect with her, he just decides. I'm going to kill all her friends. Then she'll get step it. Parents. <laughs> yeah. She'll love me then. <laughs> we'll run away together and she can feed me peanut butter and jelly for school. Like, you know, just, it makes, it makes no sense. It's the same thing here. It's a, it's a dumb trope. If that's what they're going for, it's a dumb trope. But if it was a callback to 74 where he finds one girl that he takes into a playful matter, I'll roll with it. I could roll with either one of them. I'm rolling with mine. <laughs> if we roll with your lawsuit for the mansion, I get this one. <laughs> but Heather wakes up. She finds out that Leatherface is downstairs in the basement just fucking hacking away at bodies. She fucking bolts out of there. And she is so clumsy. I love that they... No, this is one of the tropes that I actually love that they use. Like the clumsy girl. Yeah. She trips down the stairs. And she like trips again. She falls at like the on this little tiny picket fence in a graveyard that just happens to be on the premises. Like, it was just really funny that they made her so goddamn clumsy, but still, like, was able to get away. And, you know, one of the cool things out of this was there's so many modern movies that are trying to be reboots. You know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, you know, was a little different. They tried to do a sequel. They kind of, like, mixed the first four films all into one, you know. Yeah. But it was, it was mostly reboot. This one, you know, was str- a straight sequel. And I did appreciate that, but they could have spent a little more time, like, actually explaining who the hell Leatherface was, because if you're coming into this cold without ever seeing that first one, you're just like, uh, who is that guy? (laughs) I think they do that in the beginning. To a small extent. I mean, what they should have done is, you know, there's a letter at the end. The letter that she just doesn't read, even the lawyer says to read it like fifty, like fifty times. I don't know how conveniently in all the chaos in the house, the letters just, it's yeah, just it's still, still sitting, just sitting there. on the yeah. table. Um, <laughs> but you know, the, the letter explains kind of everything about Leatherface and who he is and how they're connected as family. And I feel like it would have made more sense to see the grandmother writing this letter, you know, instead of just revealing it all at the end. Because as I said, you know, I. I get it because I'm familiar with the first films, but if you had no idea, you might not know. But then again, this some- film is intended, you know, it's not as intended for horror hounds. It's more so intended to make a quick buck on the 3D slasher thing, you know, from a bunch of 19, 20 year old kids. But to roll opposite of your role, you could just do it as like the big reveal at the end. Like, oh, you know, that's that's a classic horror thing. Like it all comes together at the end. Yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly parts of this film that I do like. I do like the scenery. I feel like the scene when she's outside of the house and Leatherface just chasing her around and it's nighttime and you kind of more so just hear the chainsaw revving yeah. and don't really see him. I thought that was pretty effective. I always I always was upset that there's not many like Leatherface stalking scenes in the films, you know, because mm-hmm. I think that's scary. I mean, could you imagine that if you're running around outside and you don't know who or what is chasing you, but you just hear a fucking chainsaw? You know, it's one of those things because you will know you'll know when the chainsaw is getting closer to you. Yeah. So you know, shit, he's getting closer, but I still can't fucking see him. So I thought that was really cool. I thought that was super effective, you know. And I do think that they made they made pretty good do with 
some limited scenery. There's really not many sets. There's the house, there's a fair, which we'll get to, and there's a little bit in the town, and then there's like a warehouse climax. I mean, we're pretty much at the fair, the carnival. Do you think the carnival's needed? The carnival I think is it was, just there for 3D. I was just going to say and that. And just to, you know, because Leatherface to this point has really been the only one that hasn't been in a big public setting killing people. You know, Freddy had the pool party in Nightmare 2. Jason had Freddy vs. Jason, where he's killing everybody in the cornfield. Uh, Michael Myers, you know, if you if you want to go to the remakes, Halloween 2, you know, he's at the Halloween party, he's killing a whole bunch of people. Or Halloween 5, he's at a Halloween party, killing a whole bunch of people. Oh, and Halloween 2, the original, he's in the hospital. Yeah. You know, so they, they all have, all these other ones have had situations where they're in super public. Even even Hellraiser and Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, you know. At the bar? Yeah, they go into super public pace. But until this time, Leatherface really hasn't. I can't, I can't recall one anyway. So I feel like that's the main reason why they put the scene in. Mm-hmm. And what leads them to the fair is actually uh, <laughs> Heather, Nikki, and Ryan, you know, they, they jump into this car to try to escape. And Heather never even addresses that Nikki and Ryan have slept together, by the way. And that Nikki's wearing Ryan's shirt. Yeah, like she just never even addresses yeah. it. But, you know, I probably wouldn't notice either if some mass psycho killer was chasing me. But <laughs> it was it was cool because this is another trope that I loved that they didn't adhere to the trope. Because they get in the car, they try to drive away, there's like this fence... And in all the other movies, the car would blow through the fence. And this one, the car gets stuck, flips over, and Ryan dies. <laughs> but I agree with you. It was great how the van didn't go through. Yeah. It was a total, like, fuck you. it was great you. that Ryan just died from it. You know, he didn't even get killed by Leatherface. He just died from a car crash. And I thought that was super realistic, too, because if you take this into real life, if some mass psycho killer is chasing you, you're not going to be in the right frame of mind. You know, we, we spoke about this briefly with um, House of Wax, where Paris Hilton's character goes to the car. She forgets to lock the door. It's like... You're not going to be thinking correctly because your life is in danger. Yeah. You know, you, you have to literally think on the fly and all you're thinking is, how can I get away as quickly as possible? You're not thinking, well, if the killer comes this way, I can do this. But if they go this way, I can do this. It's just, holy shit, what the fuck is that? I need to run. And that's yeah. pretty much what happened. Like, Ryan, Ryan and Nikki come out of the barn. They're still putting on their fucking pants. They just see this guy chasing chasing Heather with a chainsaw. They get in the car and drive. They have no idea what the hell's going on. It's cool that Ryan... Never even knew about Leatherface. Yeah. You know, he just knew someone was with a chainsaw and his girlfriend, you know, and his, I guess, uh, his hoe, his hoe, you know, <laughs> were being chased and he had to try to save them and he fell miserably and he died. The thing that really pissed me off about this scene is so they get through the gate, you know, of course, in the nick of time because Leatherface is right there and they turn out of the gate and then they stop for whatever reason. Leatherface catches up. He saws through the one tire. They drive off, and then the next scene, you just see the car flip. Like, really? Yeah, so this is the aforementioned fair scene now. She gets away, and there just happens to be, like, a fair across the street. Yeah. Like, before, this house is supposed to be kind of desolate, and now it takes her literally about one minute to run to a big, hopping, but major county fair. What if it was Puppet Master 2 time? <laughs> then it was, she was hiking for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and and the scene is cheesy. Like I said, it's just to get Leatherface into a public environment. And it's just to get a big chainsaw throw at the audience. And a shout out to Saul. Did you catch that? No. What happened? When she runs into the carnival fair, whatever the fuck it is, and then you see people running. And you're like, oh, wow, they all see Leatherface. And it turns out they're running out of like a little like horror ride. Huh. 
and there's a kid who runs out with a saw and is wearing that pig mask from Saw. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, we didn't even mention because this is uh, Twisted Pictures, yep. the production company for Saw. Uh, New Line Cinema had actually lost the rights to the franchise. Um, they had originally planned after uh, the Texas Chainsaw remake and Texas Chainsaw at the beginning to do a 3D film. Lost the rights. Twisted Pictures picked it up, and this came out. <laughs> so I'm assuming there must have been a Saw around this time. Was there, this been the final one? Well, the original no, final I think one? they stopped at 2011. Oh, really? Yeah. This was just a nice... They were probably trying to you know, move past it, but you know, didn't, didn't Well, now really... there's one coming out this year. Yep. Crazy. So the cops, of course, piece together that the person chasing the teens is Leatherface. And in this film, Leatherface is known as Jebediah Sawyer. And we get our exposition as Heather's taken to police station. And she just happens to gain access to an evidence bin containing information on all the murders. And containing information on, like, just the family's house being torched by, like, this lynch mob. Just all way too convenient. I get it. This happens in... Every movie where there's a police scene, they just happen to leave all the evidence yeah. and just happen to leave the person there to discover it. But this is just so convenient. And this is where I said, Heather makes a fucking heel turn because she's reading it. She sees that Leatherface has killed multiple people, that the cook has killed multiple people, that this family was all around pretty bad people. But because she just happens to have found out like a day ago that she's related to him, all of a sudden, she feels like that it's an unjustifiable murder for all disagree. these people. Disagree. She writes murderer on it, and she ditches the fuck out of it. Why do you disagree? First off, the most important part of everything you're saying about conveniency of the evidence, the conveniency of having a red marker. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Where the hell the red marker Yeah, why from? was there a red marker? But anyways, the reason I disagree with your heel term is because as she continues to read, she reads about Leatherface killing and all that fun stuff. And she just decides it's okay? Yes, because... <laughs> no, hold on now. You got you to gotta roll this one for a minute. Okay. The reason it's okay is because she reads about how unjustly that all these bumblefucks killed her whole family. All right, but they were cannibals. No, no. You said yourself, if you want to rewind the tape, how no, the whole family was not cannibals, just this yes. little sect. Yes. Therefore, there was unjustified but, murder, sir. Okay, but... <laughs> If Hitler is standing around and you got a whole bunch of Nazi troops right there, are you going to just kill Hitler or are you going to try to take out all of that group? Unfair justification. Okay. Because, <laughs> again... Agree to disagree, sir. <laughs> for all we know, these are just the normal guys. They came over just to see what's going yeah, on with the family. they were just over watching the football game. Yeah, they had no you idea know. what was going on. <laughs> well, no, they probably were watching the big game from Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, the big college football game. Yeah, the game. big college football game. And they go to come over for, you know, their typical Saturday game. And then they find out, oh, well, Jed killed some kids. <laughs> what do we do? We got to defend the house. And they're not going to leave because they got chips and dip. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> They got free punch and pie. <laughs> yeah, free punch and pie. I mean, you know, one thing led to another. Free punch and pie. And Heather really likes chips and dip and punch and pie. So she wants to be part of this family that no longer exists. Yeah. Yeah. What does she think she's going to do? Like rebirth a bloodline? She can't. Like this. See, that got me at the end to your point with the grandmother writing a story. You know, like you're the last of it. Almost just like saying like you. It's up to you to continue the family. The only way to do that is to fuck Leatherface. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, maybe it does happen. I don't think she's gonna. They she tried might. to pull that storyline in what was a Halloween six. They tried to pull the storyline. You know that Michael was going to rape uh, Jamie, but. 
they didn't go with that and they shouldn't go with that here i don't <laughs> i mean it might be hot <laughs> like know. a 70 year old deformed guy yeah but see that's the thing i don't think leatherface is deformed i think he was just special needs because yeah, i think it's 70s just, they just didn't know and yeah you know? i mean they never they never really say like jason you know is deformed you know, you get hints at it, and then, you know, the end was the big reveal. The original Michael Myers, I didn't understand why he was deformed. He wasn't deformed. So, yeah, there was. No, he wasn't. The, the scene they show his face. He's not deformed. He's, he's just sweaty. He he's not deformed. He's not sweaty. He's he just looks sweaty. deformed. He's just sweaty. He's Nick Castle. Make, he's just sweaty. Sweaty doesn't make you look deformed. He's sweaty. He's sweaty, guys. We're opening a poll. Tweeted us <laughs> at Gore Horseman Podcast. Michael Myers sweaty or deformed? Yeah. <laughs> he's sweaty. Anyways. There's really no mention of him being deformed. It's just supposed to be, you know, they use the term simple because it's the 70s. So, you know, he's just fucked up in the head. It's really what it comes down to. He likes women's clothes and all this fun stuff. <laughs> Speaking of simple, we missed the whole jumping back, the whole Officer Marvin thing, how he goes in the house by himself, which is actually, I think, right after. It's right after Heather the, leaves. Yeah. With the whole marker thing. That's why we missed it, because we were arguing over me being right. Um, <laughs> I did I did like this, because it put in, like, some f- found footage elements, you know, because he's going through the house on FaceTime, talking to, uh, you know, Sheriff JBL, and then and then the Sheriff uh, David Liebehart. No, Mayor JBL. Mayor JBL. Sheriff, in his cabinet. It's Mayor L and Sheriff Liebehart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, this is, I think, just added your point for 3d and to show modern technology yeah, and to also as i said input some found footage in there i mean obviously paranormal activity was the biggest thing going in horror around this time yeah besides uh those pictures of ed naked on the internet yeah Ooh. those made a fortune though so he goes in there and it doesn't really add anything to the film other than just to show how fucked up leatherface is which again if you're familiar you already knew but, you know, they, so he follows the blood trail, follows the blood trail, then he sees all the dead people. And I thought this is cool. This is like like a survival horror game. This is like House yeah, of the Dead or something. It was kind of set up like a first-person shooter. Uh, House of the Dead was the shit, man. I used to love it. The movie was garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Pure garbage. We should review it. We should. It'd get a one. Yeah. All right, we reviewed two movies for one for you, kids. <laughs> they breaking all the rules. Just yep. Review movies. I can name another one. Muppets Take Manhattan. Gets an eight. Done. <laughs> Fire him over. Fire him over. Uh, Leo and Stitch. What do you give it? Seven. Um, Ghostbusters 2. Six. Um, Ghostbusters 3. I never saw it. Well, Ghostbusters reboot, whatever the uh, fuck. Still never saw it. Uh, Jan- really? Yeah. Jan- it's not bad. It gets shit on. It's not, it's not terrible. It's like a six. Seven. There you go, kids. We just reviewed like 15 movies for you in 15 <laughs> seconds. New record here on the Gore Horseman. You're welcome. Yeah, so he he gets uh, axed up pretty pretty sweet, you know. So obviously obviously he's gonna run into Leatherface because he starts talking shit about him, and so he gets axed to shit. And then what you see is you see. Well, no, the best part is right before he gets axed to shit because he finds a cooler and he's like, it's leading into oh, here. Oh yeah yeah yeah. He yeah. opens up the cooler and it's Nikki still alive, just screaming. And he just pops her in the head yeah, immediately. Yeah, pretty awesome. And they backtrack to the bear and he's like, it's okay, it's okay, it yeah. didn't happen, <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> Like, of course it happened, JBL. <laughs> it was such a JBL call. It was such a JBL call. And then that's exactly where you said. Then he just gets axed immediately. And this part afterwards is like the most brutal of the movie because this is where you actually see Leatherface create a mask. He pulls off this officer's face 
and puts it on, and you see how he actually puts it on. He stitches through his lips. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. He stitches, you know, he stitches through his cheek. It was, it was pretty cool. I was a fan. I like that. That was, that it, was. It looked good. I think my favorite mask making scene from Leatherface. It did remind me a lot of uh, Jeepers Creepers, uh, and also Insidious. They, you know, all three of these films now have a scene, you know, where someone's sitting almost like a sewing machine, just sewing someone's face. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. I was, I was definitely a fan of this portion, though. Yeah. So but, then, oh, go ahead. Oh, I cut you off. But I cut you off because I got a fucking point to make. Uh-oh. I was not a fan of Heather's Southern I'm a Sawyer heel turn because the film does just way too much to make the Sawyer family sympathetic. Like, they're not sympathetic. They are cannibals. And the film's just trying to be the whole goddamn time. Oh, I feel bad for these guys because they were lynch mobbed. It's like, well, they kind of fucking deserved it. Gonna keep disagreeing, but go ahead. Yeah, because Heather makes the fucking heel turn. She decides to save Leatherface despite him murdering all her friends and the cops capture her and set her up as bait at the Carson Slaughterhouse. I feel like Carson name has popped up before in the series, but I it must couldn't have. pinpoint. I couldn't tell you why. I think that why, might be it, like the mother's side or something I, like that. I think it's supposed to be. I couldn't pinpoint but, exactly, but I knew the name sound very familiar. But this is where you had the officer who, again, we don't know his name because we don't have a fact checker anymore. He turns, he has his heel turn because it's revealed that he's the son of Mayor JBL. And when this happens, it's like, you're his dad? And this this was kind of corny. So he's like, oh, so you're uh, Burton, I think was their last yeah. name? Mer- something like that. It's like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And they should have just made out. And then she's like, oh, I'm a Sawyer. And it's kind of like an awkward scene. And then she goes to stab him. And then she's like, so this is, all right. So I'll give you a few points here as a heel turn. She's a heel turn. Because here she's just crazy. So maybe you could roll with it. But then again, he's a dick. If you think about it, she hasn't done anything wrong. She's still technically the victim at this point. Yeah. And no, Nero, I got yeah. So I take back your points because I just made a point that <laughs> unvalidates, invalidates your points because now she's still a face because she's just defending herself. And she is tied up in the slaughterhouse. With her shirt open, which made no sense, and her boobs are just taped to her shirt because, let's be honest, they would have popped out. <laughs> and... Leatherface, of course, comes to uh, save her. And I thought it was really funny when Leatherface first reveals himself. Because he just puts the chainsaw on her shoulder. Yeah. And it pops up. And it's like, ha! Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, ha! He obviously doesn't say anything. But he smiles. And it was just... I, I laughed out loud during that portion. That portion was really funny. And it's like, she's trying to tell him, like... I, you know, I know what's going on. Relax. And then, right as he's about to, like, chainsaw her in half, he conveniently notices the S branded on her and he recognizes the Sawyer. No, that's what I'm saying. He knew the whole time. I think he was mm. just, I think he was just trying to communicate with her and he just communicates by waving a chainsaw around in the air. Eh, agree to disagree. <laughs> that's the, the, the moral of this episode is the agree to disagree. But the cops now, who's like, it's the mayor and it's like one of the random dudes yeah, from I the never lunch mob name, that yeah. I don't even think showed up in the other portions of the movie. They just take this chain and they start beating the shit out of leather. And they chain him up and they set up this grinding machine that's solely there just to produce a 3D effect. Terribly CGI. You know, and, and it's going to slowly drag him into the grinding machine. Um, you know. Which instantly made me think of Judas Priest Grinder. <laughs> like that song should have been playing. But Heather gets out because Leatherface was able to, you know, cut her chains. And this is a fucking heel turn because she takes a pitchfork and kills a guy. Well, first, see, this is where she doesn't have a heel turn. Heel turn. No. 
because she leaves. She's like, all right, I get to escape. And then she hears from the outside them beating the shit out of Leatherface. And this is where she goes. Leatherface full, just killed all her friends. Just let it go. She goes full John Cena face. And she's like, <laughs> I'm going to go save the day. And all of a sudden, she bursts in and she goes, ba, ba, da, ba. <laughs> kills the guy with the pitchfork because he's a bad guy. And then she takes a chainsaw and throws it to Leatherface and says, do your thing, cuz. Terrible. Worst line of the whole movie. Worst <laughs> line. Of the, actually, second worst line of the whole movie. The worst line of the whole movie is when, before he cuts her down after he reveals, she, he takes the tape off her face and she's like, it's me, your cousin Heather. It's me, your cousin Heather. Now, two things are wrong with that. One. Her name wasn't Heather. There you go. And two, he wouldn't know... That it's the cousin, because if you think about it, it's just a baby. Yeah. So, and not to mention, you wouldn't. Would that really be your first thing? Is it's me, your cousin Heather? Like you could tell, like there's probably a cue card right behind them. Yeah. Just, like <laughs> it's me. Shit. Line. Like they had to do the scene five times. But officer, uh, no sheriff. Excuse me, Sheriff Hooper. Which I thought was, was that cool his name? name. Yeah, Sheriff Hooper. That's what they named David Lieberhart in this film. Hmm. Uh, he shows up to save the day. You think he that's got to be for Toby Hooper, right? And he's got a yeah, one hundred percent. And he has a clear shot at Leatherface, and you know he, he should shoot him because Leatherface just only I don't know murdered like ten people. Nope. Uh, but no, he doesn't shoot him. So fucking heel turn right no, there. No, it's not he's a heel turn. turn. This it's is not when, a heel this turn. This is when Hooper no, reveals sir. himself to no. be the higher power. He's like he's nope. like it's me, Leather. He was me all along. Not a heel turn because one hundred percent a heel no, turn. No, because. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was against the lynch mob in the beginning. He okay. wanted to do. He is an officer of the law. He wanted to do things by the book. So he was going to just take the boy down to the station, process him. That isn't going by agreed. the book. If someone has a chainsaw getting ready to murder someone else, as an officer, you are supposed to try to stop that person from murdering the other person. But. So he's not doing the law. But he's giving justice, and what's more That's important not at the end justice. of the day? How's it not justice? They killed Leatherface. The- should die. He killed multiple people. Leatherface, one hundred percent, should die. If you wanted justice, let Leatherface die, and then just pop the mayor too, and say the mayor. Di- That's got not justice. That makes him a murderer. Murderer. He's still a murderer. This is like this is like the stupid twisted pictures must have some issue with like morality because this is the same stupid crap that affects the Saw franchise because Jigsaw is always like I'm not a murderer. I just set you in this trap that you would otherwise not been in and gave you this impossible task to do in 60 seconds. So you got this big huge bear trap snap in your face. But don't worry, I'm not a murderer. You did that to yourself. Listen. It wasn't me who set up this and kidnapped you and put you in this but. room and put this on you. They have they have a really 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 poor sense of what constitutes a murder. Would you say it's twisted? Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I guess Hooper just decides, well, I guess Leatherface has hung up his murderer boots. He's got a great line there. He just goes, clean the shit up. (laughs) It just leaves. So the mayor gets dragged to the grinder and Heatherface and Leatherface just walk home and Heather just like now accepts that this is her life. Do you think it should have ended there? Because I mean, if you're going to go keep going, they go home she like attempts to clean him up. He gets pissed off and leaves. Kind of like a kid would like, "Cut it out, mom!" Yeah. Storms away. This is when she finally reads the letter. It all makes sense. She goes downstairs, <laughs> gives him dinner, goes back upstairs. She closes the door. Then the iconic Leatherface slam the door end. Leatherface should have been like, "Game over." Yeah. Just <laughs> Which it kind of is though. Every, every twisted picture just ends with a door yeah. slamming. You should have said, "Game over." <laughs> But that's the end. After, afterwards, we do get a short post credit scene. It was where, actually really funny. 
where Heather invites her step-parents over, and they're like, boy, for the amount of money she inherited, I'll love her like a daughter any yeah. day of the week. They open the door, and it's just Leatherface yeah. in the door. Kind of funny back thing, but it also, you know, just proves the point. It's like, all right, Heather's now just accepted that this is her life. Plus, or she never really actually, now that I'm thinking about it, she may not have even been there. She could have just invited them and ditched Leatherface and just was like, you fucking deal with this, I'm bouncing out of here. I think it was a setup. Eh. But, one, they weren't really her parents. Two, they killed her real parents. Three, they're on Leatherface's bucket list, which I was trying to bring up before, is how he has the list and the names and faces Go of... Go skydiving. Yeah. Uh, visit Rome. <laughs> Watch the movie bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they were probably the last two on the list. Could be. I really enjoyed this end credit scene, actually. Yeah, uh, how did you enjoy the movie overall? What are your, some of your thoughts about it? And then we'll get into the ratings afterwards. I think it getting shit on isn't... I mean, we kind of shit on it. But it's still a good movie. I mean, I'm going to give it a six. Actually, I should give it a seven. I'm going to give it a seven. It was fun. I mean, I, I watched it again. I've watched it a couple times since seeing it in theaters and before this. So, like, watching it now, I kind of knew everything. But it's... It's a fun horror movie, you know, like it's it's a good popcorn flick, you know, and again, there's plenty of loopholes, but if you're just an average moviegoer, you wouldn't pick up on it anyways. If you're fucking losers like us, then you're like, um, back in episode three, part 42 on screen page seven, he says the. This is it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I agree, I agree with you. It is, I think he said the word fun in there, and it's fun. Um, You know, technically speaking, I feel like it's shot pretty well um i really like the establishing shots i mean that's a that's a kind of thing in the texas chainsaw franchise obviously you know the first film and the remake had you know the really infamous one of like behind the girl's ass and the booty shorts you know with the big house shot from down low you know this one didn't have as many of those kinds of you know shots but they did have some cool looking ones like i said i thought in particularly this shot when leatherface is outside chasing heather and you don't really see a Leatherface. You just kind of hear the chainsaw revving and you see the chainsaw moving around almost like a shark fin. Mm-hmm. Like that was a really cool shot. Um, and I understand the 3D benefits. 3D was just so hot at the time. I understand why they did it. I don't think any of it was overly hokey to kind of take away from the film. No, I remember seeing, like I said, seeing this in 3D. It was actually really good. Like it, it none of it was dumb. It wasn't over the top. I mean, I think. Anytime- How did the scene look when he's like cutting through the coffin when Heather's hiding in there? That was pretty chainsaw. cool. Yeah, see, like I, that, that one I feel like would be pretty damn awesome. But I feel like that, if you're going to look for a hokey scene, that would probably be the hokiest. Mm. No, definitely him throwing the chainsaw at the at the cop, you know, at the fair. Uh, I agree to disagree. One of, you know, I, I briefly mentioned it before, but I think the biggest thing going for this movie is it doesn't treat it as a reboot. It treats it as a sequel. Yeah. And because it's a sequel... I feel like you instantly have lower expectations because you're not expecting it to be as good as the original. You're just expecting it to have the same vibe. And I think overall, it does maintain the same vibe. And a lot of that is due because of how they age Leatherface. Obviously, they fucked up on the age of Heather, but it is what it is. You got to forgive it. No no teenager is going to go see a movie with a 40-year-old woman running yeah. away from this guy. It's just the unfortunate fact. They so. would have had to have called it Texas Central Massacre 2, which they can't. Yeah. Because there already was one. Or, you know, or, uh, you know, they could have maybe had it be, had Heather be the granddaughter, you know, of the, of the person to die. So the daughter of the baby from the beginning, you know, it, 
it could have easily been conceivable that that baby could have had a pretty fucked up childhood, got pregnant at 16 and had Heather and gave Heather up for adoption. So Heather never even knew that this existed kind of thing. It, it could have all been worked around, but they just went with, hey, hopefully people don't don't remember the first movie was 74. Just go with it. And I think it's fine. But the cool thing is they do age Leatherface appropriately. As we said, like Leatherface looks so withered. I do like his red shirt because it makes him look like Chainsaw Charlie when he was in the yeah. WWF. Like, he just looks exactly like that. And it's just so funny that Chainsaw Charlie was supposed to be a Leatherface ripoff. And now this Leatherface is almost like a ripoff of Chainsaw Charlie. <laughs> Everything comes full circle. Seven degrees of Chainsaw Charlie. He was even balding, I mean, which is pretty cool. Um, I did not see this in theaters, but I felt like if I would have... It would be pretty cool to hear the chainsaw and like surround sound. Yeah. You know, on, on those scenes where Leatherface isn't on screen, but you know he's around. And I do like the references to the original series. You know, uh, we mentioned one of our Lee Armstrongs before with Gunnar Hansen. Our second Lee Armstrong is actually Marilyn Burns, who played Sally in the first film, plays the grandmother here, who has like a voiceover and a brief appearance on screen at mm-hmm. the end of the film, reading the letter. Um, you know, and as we also said, the name Hooper, you know, for, for the sheriff, for Toby Hooper. So I guess in the grand total, it was all right. Uh, the beginning was much better than the end. Yeah. I, I, I definitely give it that. It drops off severely that like that carnival scene is like the halfway point of the film and the halfway point of like when things stop being really fun and just kind of start getting stupid and over convoluted. But it is what it is. I, I mean, I definitely would have rather had Heather not figured out until the very end because just this, this sudden ca- the sudden change of character is just way too much. It's way too much. I don't care. I don't care if you, if you don't think it's a heel turn or not. It's just too much that she went from such a well-adjusted person to, you know, housing a serial killer in like 48 hours. You know, like it just, it just happened way too quick. Shouldn't have happened that way. And I actually think that Rob Zombie's Halloween, you know, mentioning that remake once again, handled the family connection a little bit better. You know, because Laurie in the first one has no idea that she's yeah. his sister. She finds out in the second one, and she's fucked up from it. They tease that Laurie may have some, like, psychotic tendencies, but it's never actually proven that Laurie goes out and kills anybody or aids in Michael's killings. So, you know, for all of the flaws that Halloween 2 had... That's one of the things where I think Rob Zombie did it much better than this film. And I think, you know, they didn't necessarily rip it off from here, but maybe maybe took some clues from that. And yeah, I think overall, my MVP, David Arquette, is going to go to Alexandra Daddario, I guess is how you say her name. She plays Heather. She's really the only one that can take it. She carries the whole movie, and I don't even think she's necessarily all that great. <laughs> and she's been in two movies with The Rock. Has she? Yeah. Which ones? She's in San Andreas. And Baywatch. Wow. Well, there you go. No one, I don't think anybody has seen Baywatch, have they? I saw Baywatch. Was it terrible? It's a five. <laughs> there you go. That's like the 19th movie review yep. today. Um, but this one, it's a little better than average. Like I said, because it's a sequel, I will be a little easier on it, and I'll give it a six. It's a. It's close to a seven, but I'm, I'm going to stick with a six if we had to round it out to one. So it gets a 13. So there we go. A 13 out of 20. All right. It's passing. That's 65%. It's passing. All right. There way you to go. go. You graduate. Week pass, but hell, you're out there on the world and you're housing a serial killer in your basement. So speaking of JBL and The Rock, we'll be back with Royal Rumble. 2013 on the Gore Horseman Podcast.